You know, if your mom's here, and your mom's a lot, period, and several people gone with their moms this morning, but if your mom is around and she's still present, I don't know who your mom is, I've seen her the other day, and, and make sure that your mom knows you love her. And know you may think, well, man, I've told her so many times, just every time. I know that when my sons and my daughters tell my wife they love her, it just means, it means a lot to her. And uh, it's just really important that you, and not only say it, but also show it. It's true. Someday you will not have them and you will think, oh, I remember when mom used to do this and mom used to fix that and mom used to, you know, I'm going to, I can pick on my wife a little bit because I can tell you from experience that my wife has always tried to do little things in our kids' lives that, that mattered. How many of you all remember, you may have a, a younger brother, a younger sister, a younger brother especially, two boys, uh, okay, yeah, two boys or two girls or whatever. But you ever notice that mom always made sure that the boys were dressed alike, the girls similar. You know, she had a dress that kind of matched. You may remember that. I remember Tyson and Layton. Uh, I do. I remember them. Uh, but they would. She would always fix them up in Atlanta. Up and all three of them would be a, a certain attire, and they'd have a, a jacket on, maybe or a shirt with no tie, and just, just whatever it was. But it was always those little things. She'd say, "Don't they look so good?" And the boys would go. And it's special to mom. The littlest things are special to mom. You know, uh, I'm going to say that. There's, God made women unique. They have insights and they know things and they feel things that we just can't seem to, to quite get a grasp on as men. Even though we may think we're sensitive, we may think we're uh, um, have a feminine side. And no, there's nothing wrong with that, y'all. There's nothing wrong with having a little bit of a feminine side. I mean, I've, I've watched Don Reynolds cry with the best of them. He's, he talk, starts talking about Dawson and, and Dakota. You know, it's, it's just part of our nature. It should be part of your nature to have a little bit of a soft side toward your kids. So anyway, if you go to 2 Kings in chapter 4, God created a woman to be a mom, to nurture. There's something about my wife can... now. I can take Layla and I can hold her and things, and, and she just looks at me. But Wanda can take Layla and hold her in her arms and look at her and talk to her, and she'll talk to her, and she'll make faces back, and she'll do things. I don't have the gift that she has. And all the grandkids, anybody has babies, my wife is enamored with your little babies, the, the life of it, and what's, what's in the future, what, what's in store for that little one. And it's just, just something about a mother. I was thinking when we were worshiping a while ago, and I was watching just a variety of people worshiping and, and the women and, and watching what they're doing. I was thinking about us men, but this is mostly, I want to focus on women today because I was thinking, well, let me just read this to you. They have within their DNA abilities that men just don't have. But even within their DNA, it has to have a God influence on it. You can take a woman, she can do all the right things on the outside, but not have a personal connection with those kids. There's something about a mom when, when she goes uh, above and beyond, and it's, it's past the DNA. It's, it's part of a spiritual bond between a mother and a child, and it's extremely important. I want to I give you an example in the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter four. <clears throat> and which, when the child was grown, it fell on the day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said, carry the lad. And he said to the lad, carry him to his mother. I don't know about you, but whenever your children get hurt or when you were hurt as a little kid and little things are going on and panic is beginning to set in, you don't ever hear a cry out to dad, rarely. Rarely, dad, it's always mommy. I don't know what it is. A Band-Aid and mommy can fix about everything. But there's something unique about that. In this example here with this woman, that's what the father was just instinctive. Call his mother. Take him to his mother. There's an instinctive value that many times 
A mom just knows what to do. Um, and probably all of our lives. You know, you know that time when I was a little kid and I was behind those guys and, and we were going to kill the waspers with the gas in the pan? You know, you remember the story? Yeah. Well, there was waspers up in this little smokehouse and we were going to take gas and throw it up in the, the uh, corner of the, the, even the house to kill those waspers. Well, I didn't know what to do. I just stood behind the guy and he had a, a pot with a handle on it and he was going to throw it up there. When he went like this, it came right back and it landed all over me. And instantly, my mind was not saying, Dad, Dad. What was my mind saying? Mom. Mom would have compassion on me. Mom would have, uh, just have the answer to the problem. So this lady was a, one who knew what to do. And, and uh, she was passionate she, about, this, about this boy. I'm going to go on to read the rest of this. Uh, verse 27. So she came to the man of God to the hill, and she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord had hid it from me and not told me. And what happened? This woman, this little boy, he, was, he was died. He died in, died in her arms upon her lap a little bit later. But she was out in the field, and they brought him to the mother. And they thought about putting him on his mom's lap and by holding him, she could revive him or bring him back to his uh, current previous condition. But she couldn't. But there was something about a mother. They saddled a donkey and she went riding her way and she left a little boy there upon his bed and she went and got the man of God. Too many times the husbands and, and men in general give up whenever things seem impossible. Some of you may be in a position this morning and in your life, you may have thought it was just impossible. It's too far gone. It's too far be, to, to be repaired. There's no way I can ever receive, receive healing in this again. And that's how a lot of men can, because they analyze things and they, they dissect it and they understand it to, to the best of their ability. But a woman can do something that's above and beyond that. I want you to get the video ready, Missy. Women just have a, a deeper insight than men do. And here's the insights of some Kids. Is your mom nice? No. <laughs> Mother. Mommy. Sometimes when I'm sick, she, she takes really good care of me. Pray. Mine. Inspired. Working hard. Caring. Nice. Um, because moms always take care of you and they do a lot for you. Laughter. Supportive. Loving. Hero. She's the strongest person I know and I always look up to her and I don't know what I'd do without her, so. Beautiful. Sometimes mean. Family, I guess. I mean, we don't really have the best relationship, but she wants the best for me and I feel like I let her down a lot. Superwoman. Sacrifice. Love. Rock. Because my mother is my rock. Loving. Caring. Patient. Role model. My best friend. Strength. I love my mother. There's only one mom in the whole world. And I got the best mom. I'm a mother, and I think of love when I hear the word mother. They're just people that care for you and watch out for you. Got your back. My mom is the best. There's no one word that you can say about your mother. Family. My mother is frustrating. <laughs> the best. Friend. Unconditional love. Richness, a feeling of richness. Amazing. Something I wanted my whole life and so proud to finally be it. Unconditional. Love. Supportive. Fun. Because it's fun being a mother. Beauty. Me. Caring, yeah. It's all about caring of the others. My mom's a blessing. She lives us two states away and she'll still drop everything to come help me. A blessing, I could say. Meaning of life. Devoted.
It's amazing how we get emotional when we, when we mention mom. All those things were said. All those things. My wife's, my wife's mother is in the hospital over in Sykeson right now. And the way she talks and the things she says and she doesn't make sense and she doesn't seem to really know what's going on in any way. But when I hear my wife talk about her mother, well, she was hard. She was direct. She was pretty hard on the kids. There's such a respect for that position, respect for what she done, respect for what she believed, respect for what she taught. My, my, my wife told me the other day she was on the phone with this guy, and this is back before cell phones. You remember the phone had a 20-foot cord, you know, it, you know, you could go around the corner and go down the hallway and sit and talk, and she was talking, I ain't going to say it, I'm not going to say the word, and uh, <laughs> she's up there freaking out. It's one of her many boyfriends. This guy, this one here, his name was Kurt. <laughs> Another story about her boyfriends. <sighs> I get so tired. Anyway, um, <laughs> down the hallway and around the corner, she's you know, talking to this guy. And uh, she's talking to Kurt. Good old Kurt. <laughs> and he said that she said a bad word. It wasn't really bad, but some people it was. She said, I did not say that. And she said the word. Her mom heard her. Moms are always eavesdropping. Don't y'all know that? You know, if you're a mom, you eavesdrop. If you're, you're a mom, if your kid leaves a phone later on, you pick it up. You're going to see what's on the phone. It's just, it's just the nature of a mom. Her mom didn't say a word to her, though. She just went hung up the phone. Hung up. So when she knew she was no longer talking to Kurt, uh, I tell all that story just for it to get off my system, off my chest. I don't know what it was for. <laughs> oh, my wife still, still respected her. Even though she had to do something, she hung up the phone on her. Uh, it's amazing that she still thought so, thinks so highly of her mom after all she's been through and, and all the things her mom has, has been through. And, and uh, it wasn't always pretty. It wasn't always pretty. But her mom was the one to help the family together in so many ways. I can say this because my father-in-law and mother-in-law are here, but she was the one when there was a crisis in the family, everybody went to her. You see, it shouldn't have been that way. So the man has to stand up in the family when the wife is hurting or when she's discouraged or when she's scared or when she's fearful. But... Bill didn't have a real good ability to do that. So Nan took over the responsibility. And I have to say this. I'm going to talk about integrity in a woman. And there's a lot of women in the Bible. I mean, you know, for it to be a, a partial to the gender back in the day and and the men always got the glory, and the men were always praised, and the men always got the authority. And I mean, there's a whole lot of women in the Bible who had authority and had great results with the things they stood for. And I'm going to talk to you about Hannah for just a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to be real quick. But chapter 1 of 1 Samuel, she desired a son. There was a lady, well, I'll just read it to you in verse, um, oh, verse 10 and 11. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the infliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget, forget thy handmaid, but will give thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor ever be brought upon his head. There was something about her. She was so committed that the Lord would honor this, this request to have a child. And she had a child. About a year later, uh, she had a baby. And she, when the year was, when well, I was probably about six or seven years old, she brought him before uh, to Eli and to the temple in verse 24 of the same, same chapter. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her and three bullocks and one ephah flyer and a bottle of wine and a bottle of, and brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And I want to, the reason I said that a woman of integrity, now, It'd be, be so easy 
How many in here have ever promised God anything when you're in dire, dire need? We do. How many have actually followed through with it and we continued it? Many times there are things in our life that we get frustrated about and hurt about. And Hannah was that. She was hurt and she was desperate. But she said, Lord, if you're giving to me, I'll give you back to you. Verse 24, when he was weaned and he was prepared for you to be on his own and not have to be nurtured like a little baby, took him up to Eli and she turned him over to the Lord and she was honorable. <clears throat> Brought him to the temple. It would have been easy to abandon the integrity, but she didn't. She kept her word and honor was found in her word. And I want to ask you ladies, as great as you are, how many of you are honorable in your talk? Honorable in your words, the very conversation that you carry on, and the things your kids, the things your kids help, the things your kids hear you repeat and say. Those reflect a lot of things, and, and they go on down the line. My wife, I, her mom thought she said a word on the phone, which she did, but but she uh, she hung up on her. This is before my wife's family was even saved. It's before uh, there was any any going to church or anything. They were stuck in a. a when they went to a Methodist church and there was no spiritual fruit in their life, but there was still a, a, a bit of integrity in, in Nan's life way back when that she hung the phone up. It was in the, this integrity it was the same integrity that was found in her son Samuel. We don't think about what we teach and what we say of being influential about generations to come. But I can tell you, if you want your kids to be honest, and you want your kids to have integrity, and you want your kids to be truthful, then women, fathers too, your day is coming next month. But women, speak the truth. Tell the truth. Be an example before your kids. So often we, we wonder why kids lie and why they do certain things. I wonder if they see it at home. Second Samuel, Samuel chapter 20. Second Samuel chapter 20. There is life in a wise woman. Uh, some of you younger guys haven't figured it out yet, but your wives have a lot of wisdom and a lot of insight. You need to learn to pay attention quickly. Because the day will come that you will need their wisdom. You will need their comfort. You will need their, their insight into things that you, that you may be up against a, th a wall that you can't figure out. But they seem to always have a little uh, a sense about them that they know certain things. But in 2 Samuel chapter 15. And they came and besieged him in Bethel of Bemachon. And they cast up... Uh, I cast up a bank against the city, and it stood in the trench. And all the people that were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. Now you may wonder, what in the world is he? They ran a guy to the city. They got him in the city. They put dirt up around it. They took a battering ram. They took a, if you got, if y'all know what a battering ram is, he took like a log and he get four or five guys or seven, ten or whatever, and he ran. He was trying to break the wall, the door in. And they were banging on this wall, this wall, and they were going to tear it down because they were going to destroy the city and to get one man in it. But then there was a woman, and then cried a wise woman. And I wonder how many wise women there would be when there's a offense coming against us. You're the one who cries out and believes. Now let me stay here just a second. A wise woman is the one in your family or in your life that can pray in the middle of the night. They can get up and spend hours in prayer. A wise woman in your life is someone who can go to bat for you when nobody else does. That's the power of a woman. Many times we as men, we will hear things, we pray about it, we deal with it, and then we go to sleep. Not a woman. A woman has the ability to do things that only a woman can do because, well, they're, they're designed to be what? Our helpmeet. Layton, how long do you, when you go to bed at night, how long do you have to lay there for your snoring or breathing deeply? 30 seconds. That's probably the norm for most of us. I talked about this Wednesday night. A woman, maybe it's in Sunday school, I don't know what it is. But a woman sits and 
meanders things to her mind. She gets to the details. She pays attention to details. How many times have you ladies, somebody said something to you earlier in the day, and later at night you're sitting there and bowling it over, and you're playing it in your mind. It's wearing you out. This was a wise woman. And a wise woman out of the city, hear, hear, I pray thee unto Joab, come near, come, come here, and I will speak with you. I want you to jump down a little farther. Verse 19. I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel. Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? 21. The matter is not so, but a, mount, but a man of Mount Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichra, by name, lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Against David, deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. Listen to what this woman said. And the woman said to Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown over the wall. His head shall be thrown over the wall. Sounds rather spooky and scary and all these things, but there's something about a woman. If she's going to do it for her family, she's going to do whatever it takes. And she got the people rallied together within the walls and kept the enemy out, but she ripped off this guy's head and she slung it over the wall. I, know it's, I, know I got women leaving my bunches now, but, but I'm not saying it's going to happen again. I'm not saying the Lord's telling any women to go cut somebody's head off. You might feel like it, but don't. She rallied the people within the walls that needed to be rallied. But, but well, let me stop a minute. Why did she have to do this? Because there wasn't a man willing to stand up for what is right. See, there's many times in the Bible throughout, beginning, beginning to end, that you see women who stood up for what was right regardless of the outcome. A godly mother is generous. She gives all of herself and she gives all of her resources. A godly mother is obedient, as we just read. A godly mother is forgiving. And a godly mother is a servant. I'll close with, I'm kind of close. Proverbs 31, I'll read part of it to you. A mother is a mother's generous, she is obedient. She's forgiving and she is a servant. And they're all explained in this. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her and so she had no need of spoil. She would do him good all the days of his life and not evil. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like, she is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She arises while not yet night and giveth meat to her household. And a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field and buyeth it with the plant of her, uh, the fruit of her hands and planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good and, and, her, and the candle goeth out. She, she layeth her hands to the spindle and, holds, and her hands hold to the staff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, and reaches forth her hands to the needy. Verse 27 through 30. And she looketh well to all the ways of her household. Man, I, that ex, that ex, that's what my mom was like. That's what my wife was like. Some of you are young. Listen to me. Some of you mothers are new and you're young. You're just beginning to be all these things. But you've got to start when you, when you can. Start now. Don't live a life of regrets. Start now being the mom that you should be. It's not easy. It's self-sacrifice. It's self-denial. It's not getting to do what you wanted to do and not getting to have what you wanted to have so that your kids can have what they have. That's, that's what a mom does. Her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she is to be praised. 
I'm going to read some to you here. All those special little things, preparing the favorite food, easy to talk to, always believes in you, always defends you. Even with our kids, there is personal example here, but the times that they don't feel comfortable talking to me. But they feel comfortable talking to mom. You're unique. And they always want the best for you, mom does. And they answer your call when they have the ringer on. Caught that, Beth? She always answers your call no matter when it is, no matter what it's about. If she has a ringer on, She'll always answer it. I'm going to close with this story. It's a true story. This happened back in 1800s. There's something about, it's unique about a mother's prayer. The year was 1820 and Peter Ritchie was a grateful man. He survived one of the strangest and most harrowing events known to mankind. The ship which he had been traveling on sank he was rescued then by some twist of circumstance. However, the second ship also sank. He was rescued again. But this third ship sank likewise. He was rescued a third time. For yet, this fourth ship of passage soon sank too. Unbelievably, he was rescued the fourth time. But the fifth ship sank as well. It would have been laughable if it had not been so serious. Uh, out on the high seas, however, he floated, he floated his, he thought that God didn't want him to die. And sure enough, as, it, as if it were on cue, another ship came by and answered his call for help. An ocean liner, the city of Leeds is the name of it, is after a British colony, a British city of the origin. It was bound from England to Austria, Australia. And traveled the same lane as Peter's Richie's down ships. The crew of the city leads hoisted Peter aboard. Dry clothing was provided to him, and the ship's doctor gave him a, a cursory exam and pronounced him fit. Then he asked for an unusual favor. There's a lady on board who booked a passage to Australia. The doc, doctor explained she's looking for a son who disappeared years ago. She's dying, and she asked. She was asking to see her son. She knows everybody on board, and since you're the only newcomer, would you pretend to be her son? Peter agreed. After all, his life had now been saved for the fifth time. He followed the doctor down the deck below and entered the cabin. There on a small bed lay a frail woman, silver-haired. She was obviously suffering from high fever, um, delusion, whatever that word is, delusional. She was crying out, please, God, help me. I must see my son again before I die. <clears throat> the ship's doctors gently pushed the young man toward the, bed, toward the bed. Soon, however, Peter Ritchie began sobbing. For their lying on the bed was the reason he couldn't die. He couldn't seem to die. For here was the lifeline that had kept him from drowning five times. For lying on that bed was none other than Sarah Richley, who had been praying for 10 years that she would be reconciled to her son, Peter. The ship's doctor stood in amazement. The woman fell down at the the woman, as a young man, fell down by the bed and embraced the sick woman. I'm here, Mom. I'm here. It's me. Within, the day, within days, the fever had subsided, and his mother awakened to find answered prayer was seating on the edge of her bed. There is something about a woman. I don't know what, but there is something about you, each of you. And I don't think it's secluded to just individual ones. But when one woman walks with integrity and one woman sets her heart to do something and one woman has to, she has to take the head off some dude and throw it over the fence. It doesn't matter what it is. Women are unique. And I think God is extremely, extremely attentive to their cries. It is. I appreciate my wife. Appreciate her faithfulness.
her commitment to the Lord. I appreciate growing up in a home that I didn't have to worry about what my mother was like or what decisions she made because she was a woman as I've read about. You're awesome. You may not have reached your awesomeness yet, but it's time to walk in your awesomeness. Right? Want to come up and send us out on a, on a note? If there's a very truth about a woman, it's your ability to touch the heart of God over something that's on your mind. It may seem impossible, but it is, isn't. I don't know about you, but when I read the story of, a, of Peter Ritchie, actually I, I thought it was kind of crazy. I thought it was a hoax. I thought it was a joke. But uh, folks, I looked it up on the internet. And, you know, how many of y'all know that everything you found on the internet, you find it's true? Okay, maybe not everything is true. But this is one thing that talked about the specialness of, of you women. And you all have a, you have a gift that we don't have. And you're special. You do. Stand. We're going to close with a song. Hope you have a great Mother's Day. Know you're the difference maker in a family. Something about when a woman takes a stand, the family seems to huddle around them.